Welcome back. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We are studying the book of Revelation, and uh, Darren has kindly chosen to join us for the rest of the show. As um, yeah, Darren kind of usually does I, I whenever love he comes. Getting into Revelation, it's a fascinating That's book. So awesome. Okay, so Lawson, um, before we get into the book of Revelation, we are behind on the quiz. Mm-hmm. Only cl- two clues down so far. Give us a third clue okay. as to who this individual might be. I'll let you know. We've already had some people call up, but incorrectly answered so this prize is still up for grabs so we know this is a who am i quiz the first clue which these guys are saying are easy is i said rabbi you are the son of god you are the king of israel again he was with peter in the boat um when jesus said to them friends do you have any fish and now the next clue philip found me and brought me to jesus Okay. That's an easy one. Come on, come on, come on, come on, guys. 1-800-324-843 is the number, or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. And a quick reminder, if you are listening to the radio this morning and your signal is starting to chop in and chop out, or another signal is trying to come over the top of it, we sometimes get people who uh, contact us and say they struggle to listen. That is because you are doing it wrong. (laughs) Oh. oh, this guy. This is a big moral judgment, Lyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> listen to your radio it is, wrong. It is morally wrong to listen to your radio on your radio. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> this is the Ten Commandments, I mean, the One Commandment of Lyle. Other uh, Second Opinions. <laughs> second Opinions 312. Yes, right. <laughs> so what are we doing wrong, Lyle? Okay, listen to it on your phone. Oh. Perfect Digital signal. Radio. Perfect signal. Countrywide. Uh, worldwide. Uh, Mon can listen to Faith FM breakfast show on her phone in Kenya. So you just stream it in your car on your hands yeah, just free. Stream, yeah, just stream it through your uh, through your Bluetooth or your uh, hands free. Or you know, if you're old school, then your auxiliary cord. And if you're really old school, and you got a mainframe, and you got no, you got a, <laughs> no, really, if you have got a tape player. Oh, you get a tape player insert that plugs into your phone, and they work great as well. But we also have to look they not cost, only they cost about a dollar. Not only on the eBay. scale of old school, but the scale of like um, wealth. You know, if you're really poor, you can get some headphones and chuck those in, and bam, digital radio just just in the ears. And like, if you got an eight track, then. Um. <laughs> God help you. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> You're in trouble. You're in strife. Okay, Revelation chapter 6 and uh, verse 1, please, Lawson. Okay, the Bible says, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1, As I watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come. I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. Okay, so and thus we are introduced to the very famous four horsemen of the apocalypse. Ooh, here we oh, go. Yeah. These guys are these guys are famous in 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 uh, media, in mm. print, in uh, imagery. For some reason, these particular four horsemen just grab people's attention. Yeah, so much more than the rest of the seals. The first four seals are the first four horsemen, and uh, you know the rest of the seals we never really seem to hear much about. But these four horsemen, they are such power. There is such a powerful word picture here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, horses and um, imagery around horses is, is um, always powerful. Even the Man from Snow River, Australian. <laughs> yeah, horse. this um, is true. This is true. When, when there's a horse happening thing, it's, it always attracts attention. So. What, why do you think that is? I'm not sure what it is. Just just man and horses. There's, there's something about that. I think that there is something between men and 
you know, humans and horses yeah. and humans and dogs, I think there is a similar relationship there. And a horse is just a magnificent creature, let's face it. I saw mm. a photo just um, yesterday on Facebook of this photo of a horse that was basically silver. Um, it was wow. in a stable. It's a racing horse, and it was basically silver. It was beautiful. Just, just a lovely photo. Um, and you say, wow. Just, just the horse itself, let alone a race horse. So. See, the, a, a, a horse, it is a beautiful creature. It is an intelligent creature. It is a powerful creature. Um, it is a creature that has you know, been used for so many different purposes mm. And, you know, often given itself so willingly to service and to sacrifice. A light horseman, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, but he is more powerful. It's not just a white. It's a, the white horse stands out too. It's a powerful horse, mm. but also a powerful being on that horse. Absolutely. All right, so before we get to this particular horse, let's give a little bit of background. What we're dealing here with is with the, uh, the first of the seven seals. And so your first three prophecies of the book of Revelation, seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets. Each one of them begins with an introduction. Jesus introduces each one of these um, prophecies. And Jesus introduces each one of these different prophecies from the standpoint of being a priest and ministering in the sanctuary. So Mm -hmm. you find the sanctuary uh, at the introduction of all three of these. Of course, Jesus here depicted in the introduction to the seven seals we've talked about this last week as the lamb that was slain. This This is sanctuary terminology that is being used right here. And, um, and, and of course, and so it's the only only um, person or only divine being that um, is able to to open the seals. Only one worthy. To that's open right. The seals. Mm. Absolutely. And he has purchased that right with his blood. Yeah. Yeah. Paid for it, and that's why he's the only one who has that uh, that right to actually open these seals and to reveal the future of the great controversy that is going to be taking place uh, from this point forward. Now, uh, the other thing that we need to uh, remember, of course, is the method that God uses in writing uh, Bible prophecy. We've talked about this a few times, repeat and enlarge. Mm-hmm. So God is repeating the, um, the, the the time period of the seven churches. He's going to repeat that same different time period. So seven churches, you have seven time period periods through history. Seven seals, you have, once again, seven different time periods through history from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And giving you trumpets. a different view. And then seven trumpets following afterwards. Absolutely. Um, so repeat and enlarge becomes important right here. Okay, so coming back to this uh, particular uh, horse and its rider, what does white symbolize in the Bible? The righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ? Mm-hmm. Yes. Purity. Purity, holiness, righteousness of Christ. So we've got a white horse with a rider who is dressed in white, so very powerful symbol here for purity. Mm-hmm. What is the rider wearing on his head? He is wearing a crown. Wearing a crown. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week, but we can look at, at, at this again if we go over to Second Timothy. Uh, let's look at the symbolism of the crown over here, chapter 4. And verse 8, 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. Darren, if you've got that one for us, please. Yes. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Thank you. So what is the crown a symbol of here? 
in mine in my translation it says a crown of righteousness. What did it mm. say in yours again? A crown of righteousness. Crown of righteousness. Yeah, that's right. So, so symbol once again we have symbols of righteousness, don't we? Mm. And this is also a symbol of victory because you know Paul receives and and those who receive this crown receive this crown because of the victory that they have gained through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and I think it's good that this chapter starting out with this image because the other seals, the other trumpets, whatever else, aren't that good in some ways. Um, yes, it goes down from here, doesn't it? It does, but but this is a, gives a grand picture of um, a powerful image of a white horse, white-robed, crowned um, person on that horse, um, winning battles. The victory's won, as basically saying, is the victory's won, and um, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what kind of a weapon does this particular individual on the white horse carry? Carries a bow. What kind of a weapon is that? It's a one that you shoot. Shoot arrows. <laughs> you shoot arrows at people. And, and, and what distinguishes that from other first century weapons? What is different about that? Ooh, let's see. Well, you can use it from a distance. Okay, that's it's a ranged weapon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because this is a range. Did you do? Do did you have any archery down at the uh, Pathfinder yes, camp? Yes, we do archery. Ah. I'm actually at summer camp. We do archery. Summer camp. Yep. yep. Fantastic. You know, they have targets set up, and they're going to try and pop the balloon. Whatever else, win prizes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. good fun, good fun. Lots of fun. Lots Love of fun. archery. It's, it's it's heaps of fun. We did uh, we did archery at my place on Christmas Day. Oh, nice! Wow, yeah. what, a, what a way to do Christmas! Absolutely, <laughs> some archery in the backyard. Why not? Um, archery in a pool party. Those things mm. go, go together, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> I'm picturing that. It's not archery and a pool party. It's an archery pool party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so this is a ranged weapon, and we're going to come back in a moment. We're going to talk about how these symbols parallel the first church. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so if we're dealing with the principle of repeat and enlarge here in the book of Revelation, and we've just covered the prophecy of the seven churches, now we're into the seven seals, we would mm. expect there to be parallels between, say, the first church and the first seal. Let's uh, flick back over to Revelation chapter 2, and let's find out if there is, and then we'll talk about some of these parallels and what actually took place in the first century of Christianity. Uh, Revelation chapter 2, and coming back to you, Lawson, I wonder if you could read for us... Uh, verse 1 and... Sorry, verse 2 and 3, please. Yeah, sure. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Thank you. Here's what you're going to find. In the seven seals... There is less detail given in the first four than there is in the first four um, churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is not uncommon when you have repeat and enlarge. When the Bible gives one prophecy that has a lot of detail, the extra detail that is added in in the subsequent prophecies typically focuses on the end. Mm-hmm. And the seven seals particularly focus on the end. You're going to get a lot of extra information um, in relationship to the second coming of Jesus that you don't get in the seven churches, but we're still going to move through the same same time period anyway. Yeah. And the Bible has a lot of good things to say about the first church here, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Hardworking church, Patient. Doct- doctrinally, doctrinally pure, uh, Bible-believing, evangelistic. Mm. They had some problems. 
and we should not brush over those problems in that uh, they knew their Bibles inside out, back to front and upside down, but they were in danger of losing their connection with Jesus Christ. Mm. The seven seals don't focus on that so much. They draw our attention to the positives. Mm. Uh, you've got the color of white, the righteousness of Christ. You've got... Um, You've got the crown of victory, a victorious church, and you've got a bow, a long-range weapon. And here's what you find happens. When Christianity comes um, on the world, it explodes across the world. Yeah. The, 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 the world has never seen a religion like it. It crosses all national boundaries. Before this, religions were national. Mm-hmm. If you belong to a specific nation, you also worshipped the gods or God of that of that nation. Christianity in the first century spreads from one end of the empire to the other and further. Mm. So it covers the entire Roman Empire. It reaches almost to China. That's a long way past the Roman Empire. It goes down into Africa. Um, once again, that's outside of the empire. And this is all in the first century. This is a long-range church having a long-range impact. And the impact. thing was, despite efforts to stop it, it actually enhanced it. So whenever they tried to stop it, it just exploded even more. That's right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we particularly find that as we continue to move through these horses is that you know they talked about how the, the blood of martyrs was seed. Mm, yeah. And wherever the blood was spilt, Christians would just grow up. And, uh, yeah, so always a bad policy to try and persecute Christianity yeah, because wow. all you will do is purify it and strengthen it. Mm, that's actually that's right. just a quick point. Actually, it talks about that in Acts of the Apostles um, in a really famous book, um, just a, it's a it's a commentary on the book of of the Acts, and it, it says, um, you know, we we know the story of Paul and Silas going to Philippi and all the sufferings that they went through when, while they were there. Um, and this commentary says that the 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 Philippian church was one of the most faithful and and patient and enduring churches, especially through persecution, because of the influence of Paul and Silas and seeing the sufferings that they went through. So yeah, just incredible yeah. to see that. That, that principle just running throughout history. So, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Okay, so that's the first, uh, the first century of Christianity. Let's continue on into the next seal. And um, Darren, coming back to you, could you read for us verse 3 yes, and 4, says, please? When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come. Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth and there was war and slaughter everywhere. Cool. That changes, doesn't it? <laughs> it's gone from a victorious white horse to a slaughter everywhere. Slaughter. And what colour is this horse? Red. Red. And what does the rider hold? A sword. And um, in mine it says that he would take peace from the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, once again, we'll look at our parallels. Uh, let's flick over to the second of the churches, shall we? Because, you know, there's a, there's a repeat and enlarge. So we've got a parallel here. Is there anything to do with slaughter, bloodshed, persecution, sacrifice uh, in the second church? Let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 2, um, verse 10. This is the second church. I'll awesome. Read, I'll read this one. The Bible says, Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for ten days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. 
Keep going, verse 11. Yeah, sure. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Okay, that's a great promise there. Yeah. Mm. But it doesn't promise that we will not be harmed by the first death, does it? Mm. No. Okay, so you've got a parallel here. The second church is all about persecution. Mm-hmm. And when you move past the first century in which Christianity exploded on the world, as we've been mentioning, persecution just broke out. Why, why do you think it was uh, that persecution became so severe during this time period? I mean, it's just another religion. It's a peaceful religion. It's a, you know Nobody's causing any trouble by being a Christian. Why do you think it was that it was seen as being such a threat? You've got to think about the, the, the political context at the time. You've got the Roman Empire... They, you know, have rule over many nations, and they've licensed They're all their religions. Yep. And then they see this cross-cultural, you know, border-jumping religion that's uniting people against them. Essentially, even though the principles of Christianity was peace, they're like, oh, as they're uniting in something that's not Roman. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to imagine that the not threat. Roman, not approved by Rome, mm. and they're no longer worshiping Caesar; they're worshiping someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that—that's the biggest thing about their religion. And they're saying that you can't worship Caesar. That's right. Yeah, because I mean, with some of the other, many of the other religions, because they had so many different gods, then you know, just add Caesar in amongst them. Mm. But Christianity comes along as like, no, you can't. There's only one god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just wild stuff. Yeah, copping it. Why do you think they may have been? Um, well, let's let's put a little bit of other context in here as well. Christianity was seen as being a version of Judaism. Mm-hmm. Do you think yep. that affected the persecution against Christians? Yeah, in this era, I think I think it would have definitely. Yeah. You think of the place that 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 you know Israel was at the time um, that the Romans just copped it from Israel like constantly like every Roman who went to Israel was like this place is terrible and then you see a bunch of people with with there was with a there, Jew, was, a, there Jewish, was a like a 300 year 400 year insurgency in yeah. Israel <laughs> and you see all these people with these Jewish ideas that are again crossing borders and and cultures and it's like oh man like these are just some more Jews who want Jewish Jewish on steroids yeah who want who want to who want to come into our Roman cities and 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 yeah so that I guess again it would be a oh man these guys are a threat to the peace they're a threat to the crown get rid of them you know what about a threat to culture oh yeah a threat to Roman culture. A threat to Roman mm. culture. Well, because you've got a new culture that is coming up. And, you know, by the time of, uh, you know, Constantine, which is only 300 years down the track, one in 10 people in the empire are Christian. Mm. So what you've got, you, you think about here in Australia, we have our Australian culture, right? And we love our Australian culture. Australian culture is the best. It's awesome. Oh, it's, and that's why mm. I live here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if we had a situation where, say, um, you know, Islam in this country was one in ten people, would we feel under threat? There already culture- is that feeling happening. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. right. And, and, and we're not even, not even remotely close to one in ten. Mm. And we don't really want to understand what it's all about either. Like um, we judge, we put them all in one basket, not realising there's different varieties and uh-huh. versions and, and the lovely people. Uh-huh. Um, mm. But we want to judge them as, well, they're the ones that go and bomb buildings and yeah, yeah. whatever else. Yeah. And, they're all suicide bombers. Yes, yeah. So, so you can see how back then it would have been a similar thing. Yeah. 
And uh, and people when people see their culture under threat, and if you look at um, places like Hungary and Poland at the moment, where they're bringing in um, religious legislation, it's because they see their culture under threat from immigration, which is not so much different from what it was back in the day. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, one hundred million angels singing. Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born and some are dying. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wicks. To kick against the pricks Till Armageddon No shalom, no shalom Then the father hen Will call his chickens home The wise men will bow down Before the throne And at his feet They'll cast their golden crowns is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down. When the man comes around. Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers. One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree Virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is 
kick against the pricks. In measured a hundred weight and penny pound. Was Johnny Cash with When the Man Comes Around? What an appropriate song when we are studying the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Started to hear that song play. I'm like, wait a minute, I recognise this song. And then, of course, one of the first things that he talks about is the. Uh, the the man on the white horse. There's a man going around taking names. Just the best. Just for Lawson. Lawson's a big Johnny Cash fan. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Where were we up to? We were talking about persecution. That's right. And mm-hmm. we were talking about how that, you know, one, one of the reasons that there was so much persecution was that Rome felt that their culture was under threat. Yeah. And, you know, we've got, you know, we were talking about Poland and how, you know, they've instituted Sunday laws in Poland to protect Polish culture from immigration. Yeah. Mm. And that's the biggest threat to the world right now is immigration. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. Um, look at Donald Trump building a wall because he doesn't like people coming mm. across his border. Absolutely. <laughs> the land of the free and the brave. Um, Australia, which meant to be with bounties, plans to share. We've got, we're, we're worrying about immigration. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a worldwide issue, especially out there in Europe. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's one of those issues that I think that, you know, we need to take seriously. We need to be a country that um, is welcoming to people who are coming from desperate circumstances. And we need to be smart about how we do immigration as well mm-hmm. because we need to, as, as, a, as a world, as a globe, we need to distribute, you know, evenly because obviously if you, uh, if you bring too many people in, then you um, mm. have more than you can handle. Um, I, I'm not a fan of of uh, just an open slather policy, but I am a fan of you know we need to do our Christian. This is this is me. You feel free to disagree, everybody. You know what our number is one eight hundred three two four eight four three. I believe that we need to do our Christian. You know our Christian responsibility is to accept people regardless of their culture, their background, their faith, or otherwise, mm. and just love them. Welcome them to our country because one day it might be us. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, you look at the very first in the Bible. Um, I mean, Jesus was a refugee, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's very Christian to um, accept people and love them as Christ loves them. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. All right. Um, one of the other reasons I think that uh, is worth mentioning, and, and Lawson was starting to mention, of course, is that um, back in the day, and we've mentioned this before, back in the day when a country went to war with another country, it was seen as a war between the gods, the gods of my yeah. country versus the gods of your country. And um, because Rome had conquered the world, they had no threat from any of the gods that existed in the world because they were all conquered gods. Jesus was a new god. Yeah. And so in normal circumstances, there is an easy way of dealing with the threat. You go to war with the country that this new God belongs to, conquer that country, and then you can license that religion because that God is no longer a threat. Ah, right. But Jesus, which country do you go to war against? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Mm. So you, you can't fight against a country. You've got to fight against a people. That's exactly right. And that's exactly why uh, persecution broke out. And, of course, uh, the third reason was that 
um, Jesus, yes, a new God, but seen as being a version of Judaism. And, of course, there had been an insurgency in, in, in uh, Judea for centuries, and th- which broke out into open rebellion, and it cost hundreds of thousands of Roman lives to put that rebellion down in the, um, in the fall of Jerusalem. And Judaism was, um, I guess, on everybody's nose at the time, and uh, this was just a good excuse to uh, persecute a religion that looked like it was another form of Judaism. Mm-hmm. Going back to Revelation... Continuing on with our four horsemen of the apocalypse, let's do one more before this program finishes today. And Darren, can you read for us verse 5 and 6, please? Yes, when the Lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come, I looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of white of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and wine. Okay. Interesting verse. Wow. So much. So rich with symbolism <laughs> right here. All right. What is this writer carrying? Scales. A scale. Scale. All things not a weapon of war, you think, is it? No, not at all. This is this is not a weapon of war at all, is it? This is scales. What is scales used for? What would you what what, what is the purpose of scales? For weighing up. Okay, for, for weighing, weighing, weighing things up. Any of you guys got uh, a set of scales that, that, that balances? You know, the old school one? Oh yeah. When I was a kid we said that in primary school, you put the weights on one end uh-huh. and you move the little thing out on top and uh-huh. you work out how much it weighed and you get it balancing and yeah, that was fun as a kid to play with. I still have one. Well I don't that, use it. worth a bit now. I don't use it, no, mine is actually not worth very much at all, unfortunately. Um, but uh, mine's for, for, for measuring powder. You can measure powder with it and it's got little weights and you can you can thread them along this way and thread them along that way and just, you know, Measure it down to the grains. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable in, uh, how scales. But really, um, when we talk about scales, if this hoarder, sorry, if this rider rode out today, we would not picture him carrying scales. We would probably picture him carrying a credit card. Yeah, wow. Scales were one of the most common household items of the day because you could not do business without. Oh, yeah, people carry them on their horses to, yeah, to do business. <laughs> absolutely. If you're going to the, if you're going to uh, set up a stall somewhere, you need scale. And you're going to sell something, anything, any kind of business transaction that took place involved scale. Yeah, because currency was worth its weight. That's right. Right. So, bam. Worth, my mind worth its weight back, in gold. When I read this, my mind went straight back to um, Daniel, where. Um, you know, the, the writing on the wall of Belshazzar. You are weighed, weighed in the balance. In the balance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So that was, it, didn't, it didn't weigh up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, so this is a symbol not of war, but a symbol of commerce, mm. oh. trade, um, buying and selling. And so, yes, the credit card was a little bit bigger and clunkier back in the day. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the credit card. Maybe the scales is the credit card machine rather than the credit card. Mm-hmm. This is like carrying around a, a credit card machine. Maybe this rider, if he came out today, would be carrying a uh, you know credit card machine where you can you know tap your card and away you go. <laughs> but what I'm saying also is it going to be rampant inflation under this. Okay, case? okay, okay. All right, all right. Let's 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 read that, um, um, Darren. It's saying a loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. That's, that's, that's a big a big amount that of money for a loaf of bread. Horrifically <laughs> expensive. 
And, and, and these are small amounts. This is not you know, like you know, huge loaves. These are small loaves. This is basically one person's meal. Bread roll. <laughs> a bread roll for a day, for a day's wages. So you've got to provide for your entire family with one bread roll. These are extremely inflated prices. And we have to understand, what, we have to ask ourselves the question, why are the prices inflated so high? Okay, symbolism. Let's look at symbolism. So you've got a symbol of trade and commerce mm-hmm. followed by grossly inflated prices in relationship to bread. What is bread a symbol of in the Bible? The Word of God. The Word of God. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I want you to think about this. If you go to the next of the seven churches, which is the letter to the church in Pergamos, mm-hmm. you find a period in which Christianity becomes the state religion mm-hmm. and it corrupts Christianity. It is no longer persecuted. It becomes corrupt and it becomes commercialized and the church turned Jesus Christ and the Word of God into a commercial commercial saleable item. Mm. You could Buy grace with money. Now, it's not so much different from the prosperity gospel we have today, is it? That's right. No, you pay enough no. money and you'll, you'll get forgiveness. Yeah. Or you yeah. get healing or whatever. Whatever. You get, get, get. It's all about get, get, get. And, uh, and this is what happened uh, during this time period. We're going to talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, but right now we're going to uh, continue on our breakfast show with Scott Reed. Um, He's going to bring to us the song, Who He Is.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hello, Jackie speaking. Hi, Jackie. I've just cleaned and polished my motorcycle. Who can I ride with? Why not ride with us? Who's us? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry. What is Adventist Motorcycle Ministry? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry is a Christian motorcycle riders group. We are drug and alcohol free. Rides are normally on the first Sunday of each month. Are other riders welcome? Yes, of course. But they need to be aware that AMM is drug and alcohol free. Where can I find out more information? Information. Just ring Jeff on 0458 000 505. Yes, call Jeff on 0458000505 for more details. That number again is 0458 505. Because you 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, and we are about to do the question of the day. But before we do, one more quiz for the clue. Okay. So we've had some more people call in and try and snag no the one's prize. Got it so far. Wrong answers. Okay. I had a couple what? of votes for Andrew, but Andrew is not the Andrew correct answer. If you were about to call answer. in and say Andrew, then uh, think again. Just, just stop. Um, just stop. But Don't still call, call us because we love you. But <laughs> who else was in the boat? Start thinking about who else was in that boat. <laughs> All right. Our next clue, again, this is Who Am I quiz, and the next clue is I said. Nazareth, can anything good come from here? Ah, who said that? So, who said that? If you know who said that, then you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and claim a prize. But Lyle, yes. question of the day. This is right. this is a big one. This is, is. A, this is a very interesting one. We've been having a debate in the studio about okay. this one. <laughs> what came first, Lucifer's sin or creation? Okay, I'm going to say that Lucifer's sin came first. Okay, so let me give you a couple of reasons for that. Creation took place over a period of six days, correct? And then if we read about it on the sixth day, so these are events that take place on the sixth day of creation. We start in Genesis chapter 2. The Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Uh, Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded Man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. And God said, It is not good for man to be alone, I will make a helpmeet for him. So this is very, very clearly the sixth day of creation, because when this happens, Adam has just been created and Eve is about to be created, and we find that there is already evil present in the world. Now we have to ask ourselves the question, why was it that God allowed evil to be present there in the first place? Why was that tree, that access for Satan, created on the earth? Well, the answer is very simple. If God refused to grant Satan access to this earth, then Satan would say, well, God, you're just forcing people. This is not this is not an experience of love. You are coercing. You are not letting me have the opportunity to, you know, to even put forward my views of how the universe should be run. And uh, as soon as you remove the power of choice, of course, love does not exist. It is the power of choice that creates the existence of love. Remove the power of choice, it doesn't exist. So on the sixth day of creation, we find that Satan already has access to the planet. But I want you to think about this, because God makes it as easy as possible. In the whole world, on the whole planet... He gives Satan access to just one tree. You know, that's really restrictive. The access is there. And along with that, he comes along and he doesn't leave it there as some kind of trap that, you know, Adam can stumble into. No, 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 no. He's like, okay, let me show you a tree. Don't touch this one. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat any of the fruit on that one. Okay, so what we've got is that uh, uh, Satan already exists at this particular time. If we go over to Revelation chapter 13, Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, we find that the plan of salvation already existed. And, of course, the plan of salvation involved the death of Jesus Christ. You don't need a plan of salvation unless sin exists. Ah. Okay, so Revelation 13 verse 8, All that live upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So not the end of creation, but the beginning of creation we are talking about right now. 
Of course, if we go to the origin of sin, we find over in uh, Isaiah chapter, ooh, we're running out of time, chapter 14, verse 12, uh, 13 and 14. This is Lucifer sinning in heaven. Um, and, of course, you know, this is uh, before the creation of the world. And the Bible says that Lucifer was cast down to this earth. Why was he cast to this earth? He was given access to this earth because this earth had just been created and it was the one place that had not yet had the opportunity of making a decision. If our world had chosen against him, then he would have been cast out entirely, but unfortunately our world accepted him and he gained a foothold in the universe. What a disaster that was. Wow. Well, Bam! There you go. I think I think um, we we were talking a little bit before before the question was answered. We were speculating. Oh, which came first? Which came first? But man, really, really solid points. Lyle's just just killing it. Just killing it. But of course, we are going to continue on with our show. We still have no one who has called in uh, for the clue for the quiz. So if oh, you know on. what that is, one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Again, he said, "Can anything good come from?" Nazareth. This is Alison Krauss and the Cox family with Where No One Stands Alone. Once I stood in the night with my head
Welcome back, guys. That was Alison Krauss and the Cox family with Where No One Stands Alone. You're listening to Faith FM. We've come to the end of our show. We are about to give something away for free. You don't even have to answer the quiz question to get this one. So just be the first caller through on 1-800-324-843 or text us. No, be the first caller through because texting is going to take too long. But you can try if you want. 0491-064-669. What are we giving away and why? Okay, awesome. we're giving away my current reading. Oh, okay. But not the actual book that oh, I'm reading okay, from. So but but this is this is the same book. So it's, it's not a second-hand book. It's no, it's, it's not. not. This is a, this is a first-hand book. Even though second-hand books are cool, but this is this is first-hand this brand new book called so Patriarchs and, and Prophets. All over it and <laughs> no, it will not. Paper <laughs> turned down and underlined all over the place. Man, I didn't come here to just be insulted, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but we're, the whole fun of, the we're whole here fun to give away show. stuff. We're here to give away stuff to people. We're giving away Patriarchs and Prophets, this is an awesome book. Of course, we were just talking about in our question of the day, you know, the great controversies and the implications of that and, and what that looks like. And this is a book that especially when we're talking about the beginnings of the great controversy, yes. your your pre-creation sort of, you know, goes really, into detail, real detail of, of really, you know, corroborating black Bible verses and, and, and some other ideas. And it's just... It's awesome. Not only that, it extends way further. It's it's essentially the Bible from from pre creation till around the time of Saul. Um, so if you want this awesome book that I can very like, I can attest. Where are you up to? You're reading it. You're reading I um, at the moment I'm at the part where Abraham's being called out of Ur. Oh, cool. And so yeah, no, it's 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 legit. It's All-time amazing. Classic. If you want this book, you can give us a call one eight hundred three two four. 843 and don't text us again as Lyle said cuz um we, we just want to hear you, hear your beautiful voice. Yeah. So so give us a call you can get this gone. book for free. Oh, we've got some callers in the studio, but hey, awesome show. See you guys tomorrow.
Smile.